Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, my name's John Marker. Hello, I'm Amy Haynes. That threw me off no. straight away. <laughs> and I'm Miles Lacey. Hey. hey! And welcome to the Driven Chat Podcast. The Driven Chat Podcast. Powered by Paramex Digital. And welcome to this week's Driven Chat podcast, where this week we are talking about films with confusing plots and hard-to-follow sound storylines, the Norton V4CR that Amy Haynes has ridden up the hill at the Goodwood Festival of Speed, uh, me riding a motorcycle up the hill while sat on what is effectively a butter knife. Thank you, Royal Enfield, for that one. Um, enjoying the Festival of Speed as actual punters for the first time ever, almost all of us. Amy, you didn't do that, no. did you? But uh, enjoying the Festival of Speed as punters. Thank you, Bentley Hospitality, for that one. The Ineos Grenadier and the fact that I haven't driven one. Jim Radcliffe and the fact that he makes really nice jackets. Really nice jackets. <laughs> size large. <laughs> medium for uh, thank you. <laughs> um, Extra we, medium for me, please. <laughs> Extra medium. <laughs> we discuss what is the point in hypercars. Miles and his disappointment in the BMW M3 Touring. Sorry, BMW Press, if you're listening. They will be. And I get a bit gushy about the new Civic Type R and seemingly slip into, firstly, a character that I didn't know existed and then a voiceover artist. <laughs> then I get a bit excited about the Ducati Desert X. However, I'm not going to talk about that in this week's episode because that's going to come later once I've actually driven it properly. I think that's everything. Yes, well done. Yes. We, you Good. do a fantastic job of doing those intros, John. Fantastic. Right, welcome to this week's podcast. Here we go. The Driven Chat Podcast. We have all three hosts sat in the same room at the same time. Myself, John Marker, Amy Haynes, artist formerly known as Amy Shaw, and Miles Lacey. Hey, yeah. that's Hello. an achievement. It is. It is an achievement. <laughs> it is an achievement. 
obviously, admittedly, there is still a fourth host who isn't here, uh, and that's Rachel. But Rachel is very busy doing her the, the other podcast that we will be launching, if not already, any day now. So if you're a football fan, we'll point you in the direction of that via our social media fa- uh, feed. Uh, but otherwise, it is just uh, we are the car team, ultimately, and we're all here in the same room for the first time since we interviewed Miles as a guest back in what feels like... 21. Was it 2021? Yeah. My goodness. I know. God. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. It is crazy. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, dear listener. <laughs> I, I just looked across. I just looked across for context, people. Uh, Let's look across at John's notepad, which is entirely blank. It is entirely blank. I haven't got a notepad. Miles, no. you do have a notepad that has got writing on it, but I don't think there's anything to no, do with it. No, nothing to do with the right. podcast. Why have you yep. got with them out you then? Are, you are absolutely spot on with that notification uh, and that that, uh, that remark, because uh, you're right. I have got a, a notepad in front of me with nothing on it because... There are no plans for this episode at all. We all basically scrambled around over WhatsApp over the past seven to ten days and said, are you free on Thursday the, what is today, is the 20th? Today's Thursday? Thursday. Is it? God, I hope it's Thursday. Oh my God. Yes. It is Thursday, yes. Oh, I've made a mistake. <laughs> oh, no. No, it's not a bad mistake. I've just, I've warned people that I'm having a motorbike delivered today. It's not, it's tomorrow. <laughs> it's fine. Perfect. Okay. Um, so yes, we're all a bit chaotic. In fact, before we even started recording this, I was basically having a meltdown in the office going, oh my God, I've got 18 things to film next week and only five days. Um, but I think we've worked it out. But hey, look, we're here. You're right. I have got a blank notepad, but it does mean that I can use this blank notepad to write down all the things we inevitably end up talking about yes. so that I can then record the introduction after we've finished the actual recording, which you, dear listener, have already heard. Yes, that, that that is how that is how it's, it's show business, right? It is show <laughs> this business. This is show business. Smoke this some is, mirrors. This is the 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 world that people don't often see and think about, <laughs> and it's having the ability to have to think about things that haven't yet happened and how you're going to say them, despite knowing or not knowing what you're going to say or say about them because you haven't yet discussed them, but you're still allowing yourself time to prepare for them and then add them in in a way that now makes sense because you've already heard it, even though I don't even know what it is yet. It's bizarre. It's like it's like trying to understand the film Tenet. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, Mars, because yes. I spoke to multiple people that said, God, that's a confusing film. And, a bit, and the same thing happened with Interstellar. The amount of people that were like, oh my God. It took me just... a few watches on that one. I got it. I, I don't know if I'm oversimplifying these, but I, I seem to just get it. Interstellar or Inception? Interstellar. The Interstellar's... one where it's like multiple time zones and different dimensions. That one's easy. Inception's weird. You've Inception's watch... weird, but then the minute you realise it's basically a rom-com, it all gets a bit rubbish. <laughs> anyway, Moving we're, on. We're spiralling out. Hang on, let me write down my first There we go. <laughs> uh, I, brought, I, I bring confusing. up Tenet because there, there's, a, there's a tenuous link towards automotive because uh-huh. when uh this was during it was like post lockdown when like car uh, brands were starting to do things again and polestar did this thing um where they did this outside uh movie theater uh-huh. at farmer airport which was quite cool, cool. this like enormous uh blow-up screen as it were mm-hmm. and then what they invited a bunch of influencers down and all that kind of stuff uh and you sat in the car and you watched the movie and um 
they so you had to tune essentially tune the radio into uh, the audio feed. Oh, which would be fine apart from there was like a good half a second delay on it. <laughs> oh no! So I was, was like, my, yeah. I don't know if this is just a really complicated film or this bit uh, that I could, nothing syncing up <laughs> is also not helping. <laughs> So yeah, that that would be a challenge. That would do my head in. It oh, did mine in. I so when I like, when we do, I was doing some YouTube, uh, YouTube, just some video editing yesterday of like bits of me talking in the car with a GoPro with then synced audio, and there was probably a naught point naught naught eight second delay between the two, and that's enough to drive me insane. I'm like, nope, <laughs> yep. I can see that it's wrong. It needs to be rectified. So yeah, like, but always it's, it always seems to be the hardest thing to rectify if you're watching TV, especially, and somehow you yeah. you see that's like I think like my. Amazon Prime is like literally mm. and the, the tiniest little bit, and you just you just think to yourself, is, is that am are I, you going, is that me? Yeah. Are you going through uh, direct streaming straight to the TV speakers, or are you going via an amplifier and then into separate speakers? Oh my god! Uh, well, no, Netflix is fine. It's just Amazon Prime. I know exactly right. Anyway, we're off off topic. We've here. digressed already. <laughs> we, we've digressed from a a list of things we don't even know we're going to talk about. But I guess we should maybe start with so last week's episode was a. Uh, you and I, Amy, we were talking to Ivan, who set that amazing world record on the Ducati. Yes. And at the end of that episode, we teased the fact that we were both going to be doing something at Goodwood. Yes. Uh, the episode last week was a big emphasis and focus on the Triumph motorcycle brand. And we both made it very clear that we were riding up the hill with not Triumph. <laughs> Um, we yep. <laughs> we had aspirations uh, to talk about it, and we had aspirations at the time of recording that to go to Goodwood and ride things up the hill. Did you ride something up the hill? I did. Yes. In the Ooh. end, did you? No, I know you did. I saw your silly camouflage, very nice camouflage uh, race suit. <laughs> yes, we did it. Well done, us. And we didn't die. Well done, us. And we didn't end up in the St John's ambulance tent. And <laughs> ambulance. Yeah. It, it, it was. Wet as well from memory. Oh my goodness! Oh. Very wet. So you, John Marker, got it quite easy. I think I did. You had it on a. Did you do your ride on Thursday? No, I Friday. Did it on Friday, but it so seemed to be the only space of forty-five minutes where it didn't just rain sideways. Yes, and but yours was also earlier in the day, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So by the time I did mine, which was Friday evening, yeah. it had just stopped raining more or less for again another forty-five minute slot. Thank goodness. But I had all of the first look cars that had come off the like the the, the grassy, muddy, grassy bit. Oh, yeah. perfect! Onto directly, like they were directly before us. Yeah, that's right. They onto the track, hold your bikes further back, don't that's they? That's it. Yeah. And so then suddenly I've got at the end of the day where you've got oil kind of down the middle from all the Edwardian cars, but then mud down either side of that from right. all of the cars that have just gone up. And so if you there's some photographs that I'm gonna that you might even see on my social media already where. You can just see this this like track or t- like dual dual line track of mud, and then me trying to think, oh, I'll just go up the middle of this because it's Brilliant. safer than than the muddy Perfect. bits, I think. And um, yes, but fun, very fun. fun. Yes, and Had, you were riding. I was riding a Norton CV four R. I really hope I've said that right. CV four R V four C R. I should really know. <laughs> I'm going to let you Google that. I'm going to Google this now. Norton dot dot dot. I'll yeah, Norton. Uh, but it was an, it's one of these new exciting Nortons that's actually going to go up for sale. B4CR. Sorry, Norton. There we are. B4CR. Yes. 
It was it's a it's a silver one <laughs> with, a, <laughs> with an orange seat. Uh-huh. It's it's a super bike without all the major major fairings. It, it looks quite uh. like a nice kind of classic bike. But the problem, not the problem, at all. But the the issue I personally had was that I've just done this two thousand six hundred mile road trip on a BMW R eighteen, yes. which is a massively long, heavy, low motorcycle. So I'm going to go from that experience to a bike that is about as as long as as my arms stretched out yeah. um and you're sitting on it rather than kind of in yeah, it's it quite an aggressive seating position, yes and then like to put your feet on the foot pegs you have to actually use your leg muscles to lift up your actual full legs to then put them on the the, the kind of the rear set foot pegs ah. so it was a total different ride experience the first time i sat on it was on thursday and i rode it on friday um so the first time i got into any gear was at the start line. So that. if I could do it again, I think I could definitely do a much better <laughs> run. And if it wasn't raining, I could definitely do a good run. You started to sound like a racing driver now. <laughs> <laughs> Your book of excuses are getting longer and longer. It's true, though. <laughs> it's great. It, I mean, it is a common theme. We've done podcasts about this at places like Goodwood, both the Festival of Speed and the Revival. And I'm always fascinated, and in members meeting actually at the beginning of this year, I'm always fascinated when I talk to drivers and I say, you know, how much practice time have you had in the car? And they go, no, no, none. Like <laughs> this, <laughs> this little formation lap I'm about to do now is the first time I've driven the car. And I'm always like, oh, that's mad. Like, why would you ever do that? And then I had exactly that same emotion as you, Amy, when I was getting onto my Royal Enfield on Friday morning going... Oh, this is the first time I've seen the bike, touched the bike, sat on the bike, and now I'm about to go up the hill on a slightly greasy <laughs> run with no front brake. And I'm, you know, I'm just going to say that the bike itself was made by, it's a custom built by a company it's called Sosa Metalworks. Amazing thing. It looked great. Company based out in Las Vegas where it doesn't rain. You'll see where <laughs> I'm getting to. So the bike itself is completely exposed steel. The only thing Royal Enfield about that bike was its engine, and the rest was this perfect, brilliant, beautiful, custom-built steel tubular frame, which isn't designed to get wet at all. So the team from Royal Enfield were basically having to cover the whole bike in WD-40 as soon as it got back in so that it doesn't immediately rust into a ball of orange. But also I discovered that I don't think that bike was actually designed to move, <laughs> let alone be ridden up a hill in anger. Yes. I mean, the front brake thing is a, well, you don't need front brake. It's fine. Mm. Um, but then also the seat uh, was more like a rolled metal sheet. The best thing, wow. the best way I can describe it is imagine a really big butter knife. So you know how they're like completely <laughs> flat and they slightly flare out. Yeah. That is what you sit on. No rear suspension at all. No padding in the seat. No padding. So the padding you have is what you're born with. Uh. And uh, yeah, so I, I think I realised by turn two, this was not going to be something I was going to be able to sit on. So I then had to kind of hover the rest of the way <laughs> up the hill. So if there are any photographs of me in my very fetching leathers, uh, where I'm looking like I'm going, uh, pardon the expression, butts in the air fast. We all used to do that as a kid, you know, you'd go butts in the air fast on your push bike. I was basically doing that, trying to look like I was somehow streamlined, but I wasn't. I was actually just trying to avoid my derriere getting absolutely <laughs> smashed by a butter knife. By a butter knife. What, <laughs> what a vision. That, yeah. And sorry for anyone that's currently eating their breakfast. I hope there is somebody spreading some butter, looking at it going, huh. Why is John Marco on my head? Uh, yeah. John Marco's bum. Uh, right, I'm just going to write that down. John Marco's bum. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you're writing down. No, I'm just going to write butter knife. Butter knife bike. 
uh, and then hopefully I'll forget about it by the time we get to the end. I go, what did I mean by that? Um, but yeah, so talk talk me through your uphill experience, Amy, on the Norton. Which I so I gather this is a bike that's just been released and is going on sale. Yes, so I think like, it might it's even like a production is it on sale. Bike, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is going on sale, if not already on sale. Um, Wicked bikes. Uh, the that's all I know. <laughs> I know very little actually. Norton were just like, "Would you like to ride it?" I said yes, and then I learned nothing about the motorcycle, which I really should have done. Um, but it looks great. It's it, I think it's a very attractive superbike. I'm, I don't mm. really like superbikes. I'm a I'm a Royal Enfield Triumph kind of gal. Yeah, a bit more classic. Exactly. Yeah, but was easy to ride. Really, it wasn't. Sometimes the superbikes can be a bit twitchy on the throttle mm. um i didn't really feel like it was anything that was scary kind of you get to the start line you're like off you go so having never like i'm not a superbike rider to go from an absolute non-superbike rider to be able to sit on one and be like this is fine Vroomf, that, yeah. that was that was fine um i definitely could have ridden it better in a way of uh you forget how long the gears can be on a superbike as a same with cars and so I was going up gears way too quick, so I could have. It's, it was fine. It was, it was like a twelve hundred. Wet weather riding, that is the perfect That's thing. Short what, shift up, boom, 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 boom. Also, I did put it in rain mode just in case. Yeah. It has rain <laughs> mode. It has a rain oh, mode. Bikes oh. now are so clever. Honestly, yeah. they, you've got the they've anything new now. So any yeah, the big brands like Norton, Ducati, BMW, they've got so many sensors. It's like a car now. They they measure constantly measuring air humidity to predict the likelihood of moisture on the road, which then might result in the rear wheel losing grip and the traction control kicks in. I picked up, we'll talk about this more later, but I picked up a Ducati yesterday from their headquarters at Silverstone. And it was, of course, because it's um, midsummer in England, it's basically rain, wind, then a bit of sunshine, then some rain again, then some wind again in the space of about an hour. So um, I was playing with the settings and you can see the bike doing clever things like the traction easy for you to say the traction control like flashing whilst just riding in a straight line you're like wow it's doing things Mm. that i don't even realize it's doing yeah um but that also scares me because that i've had the light come on as well not on the norton i think it might have even been on the bmw and it starts flashing at you like what what what? like should i be panicking right now like if anything it's like it's saying hey just let you know i'm helping you out here no need to panic but in my head i'm looking at it going i should be panicking why are you flashing what am i going yeah (laughs) and it could be the tiniest 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 little slip but yeah the bike's still going i've got you (laughs) why Why? what have i done yeah but how was your ride up the hill then uh well other than quite uncomfortable and is your first time up the hill uh first time on a bike yep i've done it in a few cars before driven Uh, or passenger driven yep cool uh and lots of passenger rides but yeah driven a few cars up and this was the first time i've done it on a bike which is a very different experience especially in the rain and especially at a time when there are lots of people watching it's always quite that was a great thing you that do think about that you like you don't want to be the guy that falls off well because i did my run at half a six in the evening on friday by then it had been hammering it down yeah. all day so there's nobody around which Most, is fantastic yeah. but what was great is that on our little whatsapp group of uh, goodwood photographers uh, there was a little uh, note put out by um, a brilliant guy called max at goodwood saying hey everyone if anybody's near the track, kind of in like five minutes, our own Amy Haynes is going to be on nice. on the track. So I've got like this lovely range of photographs of me going all the way up the hill. That's awesome. <laughs> so, That's very good. Um, yeah, which I was very happy with. Um, but yeah, the we should probably also talk about the fact that Goodwood was cancelled for the first time in its 30-year history yes. on Saturday. That was bizarre. Mad, right? Like, I mean... We weren't allowed on site or anything like that. No. If you had cars that you wanted to get off site, you had until 11 a.m. on the Saturday to do it before the winds got really, really bad. Mm. Um, but the night before was quite 
an interesting because people had already started to get the gist thinking, okay, That's things right, are going to be yeah. a bit scary here because they st- already they had a note come out saying that for a start, all of the, if you were there on Sunday, you'll know that all of the, um, the tent, what the, the, the paddock tent yeah, things. Yeah, like awnings or, or yeah, I don't know what you call it. Had all yeah. been taken, not down, all the poles were still there, but the actual uh, fabric That's has right. been taken down to, yeah. to, you know, stop being kites. Um, and so the minute that we found that out, um, the, you know, Goodwood also has a lot of trees and you think mm. to yourself, any of these, you know how, you know, when it's been a bit of a stormy kind of weather day, you know how many branches and trees are everywhere. You think, okay, we've got a lot of very valuable um, cars very. without roofs. And even they had got roofs, still very valuable cars around. So people started to move their cars off site or in a place where they'll be safer. Mm. Then we, my husband, William and I, um, had a conversation with a friend of ours who then said, hey, I think we're going to move these three cars. Um, we need another driver. Do you want to m- help us move this car? And that car being an Aston Martin DBR2, Ooh. which Ooh, was Moses. quite a... Yes. And mm. I was like, William, you're driving. <laughs> so, um, he said, well, we're going to be in convoy. So we're also going to be in convoy with a Ferrari 250 GTO, um, oh. 64, and um, another Aston Martin DBR, oh, no, DB3S. So that was the most incredible convoy of cars we have ever driven. And was this on Saturday morning? This was on Friday night. Oh, so I have better. got some beautiful photographs, which I don't think I can really show. I don't know. Why? Well, I, don't, I need to ask because... It, they they're all they're very very lovely cars and so I I I can talk about it but I don't know how much the, I can they show. They were at the festival of speed. They were there to be photographed. They were, but then we were driving literally on the public roads for half an hour down to. I don't I don't know how they're, they're road legal. They are road legal. Mm. We even we even got pulled over by the police with one car only because it was one of the cars suddenly lost its rear lights and then we we pulled uh, around the corner and one of the cars was pulled over. And let me over. guess, was go, it the Italian one? <laughs> it was not the. Oh. No way. It was not the Italian one. But it was all fine. So, yeah, the police were like, no, that's totally understandable. I can see the problem. Um, And so, yeah, that wasn't an issue. But it was, um, yeah, it was one of those. You just think to yourself, pinch me now. I don't know how I've ended up doing this. I've got some great photographs of these three cars under, like, this petrol station. And you're just thinking. Oh, my God. Wait, I'll tell you what. I I will show you guys here. Just for for this (laughs) this one shot. Sorry, dear listener. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to hear us both go. Oh, yeah, goodness. Lovely. Right, lovely. hang on. Let me just... Right. But you're right. It was... I, so I happened to be... Ended up somehow at a, all, a Super Ventura party on the Friday night where Ooh. I was very kindly put up in a beautiful RV. And there was this bizarre kind of atmosphere as we were all having a few, like, dinner and drinks. And we were hearing those rumours about, oh, tomorrow might be cancelled. The social media feed said that it might be cancelled. Keep an eye on it. And then, of course, anyone with media access got the press release a little bit before everyone else, which of course caused a bit of upset on social media. Um, so yeah, it was a very bizarre thing, and there were a few people there going, "Right, I'm just going to shoot back into the site mm-hmm. to get my twelve and a half million pound car out that's currently parked under a tree." Surely, uh, Amy Short is passing me her phone. To my God, <laughs> you can't not share these. That's ridiculous. I'll have to ask uh, the boss if I can share them. So my word, there's, there's a range. There's a range of the whole the whole trip. I'm just passing the phone now to Miles Lacey. Stop it. <laughs> Come on. That doesn't happen. Exactly. Things like that don't, don't happen. happen. This yeah. is the thing. William said to me, he's like, do you, do you think we should go? Because, you know, we, we have a range that will be at dinner with somebody. I'm like, screw dinner yeah. with them. Yeah. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You'll never get this again. Definitely say yes to this opportunity. Absolutely. Mad, yeah. right? Um, your, your task is to go and see if you can post those because <laughs> everybody needs yeah, to see that. We do need to see those. The illegal photographs, we should call them. Yes. Um, now, Miles, 
we were speaking. We've spoken a few times before the festival speed about the fact that we were trying to get you up the hill in a car. Yes. How did that go? Uh, so uh, to cut a very long story short, Praga decided in the end that they were going to have their car static, uh, the yeah. Behemoth. Uh, so that was an option. Um, to sit in it while it just sat there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> fastest static time. Exactly. 2023. Yeah. Festival of I'd be, yeah, you know, quite the accolade. Uh, so yes, no, actually in the end, it worked out quite well because I could go as um, as a guest and enjoy the show from the other side of the fence, as it were, which was actually, it's, I tell you what, quite cool. That is a, a really lovely thing to yeah. do because I did that. So this year, first time I didn't even bother getting press accreditation didn't apply for it because Did I thought... Did you pay for a ticket? No. Okay. Good God. <laughs> Don't be Dicks. silly. It's not mental. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't pay for a ticket. No, I'm, Royal Enfield sorted me out Friday uh, and Saturday access. I had I, I would have gone down on the Thursday um, and perhaps that would have changed things slightly and maybe I would have got press accreditation before that, but I had a Honda Civic Type R being delivered on Thursday, so it was like, hmm, wait around for a Honda Civic Type R or... Uh, go to Goodwood on Friday. So I did a very, uh, uh, very, very early start on Friday morning in a Civic Type R, which was ace. Uh, drove down for that. But yeah, Friday, I was there with Royal Enfield to do the ride up the hill. Saturday was planning on being there with Royal Enfield again, but obviously the inevitable happened and everything didn't happen. And then Sunday, I was there as a guest of Bentley. Oh, Bentley are really nice and they treat you very well. And I sat nice in the hospitality tent... <laughs> All day, <laughs> all day long. We had this lovely dinner on Saturday night. So it was myself, a couple of other journalists, some um, some of the engineering team, your old work colleague, Paul. Paul Williams. Paul Williams. Yeah. Um, who is the chief technical officer? Uh, CTO, I think. When, well, when I, when I was still there, he was director of motorsport, I think. Ah. Possibly. But yes, I think I, that, was a, that was three and a bit years ago now. Yeah. So, so he's, uh, yeah, he, he was there. So we had a great chat. What a great guy. Like, really, really cool guy. We, yeah. Mike from the PR team. What a great guy. Just really fun. Anyway, so we were there and they were basically saying at the dinner the night before, uh, you had access to the Bentley hospitality stand, the um, pretty much smack bang between corner one and corner two. It's a great place to watch. Um, it's there for you to use all day. And I just said, would it be all right if I just stayed there all day? And that's exactly what I did. Well, that's just delightful. watching cars going up the hill. It was great. It, it, like you say, because we're, I guess, because we're so used to being on the, the sort of other side of it, as it were, to actually go and enjoy yeah. the show. Yeah. It was quite an experience. I'd get so drunk. Like, I wouldn't be able to drive yeah. home. I, if yeah. I wasn't, if it wasn't for the fact that I was driving a very nice Civic Type R. And the ironic thing is, you get chauffeured in and you get chauffeured back out mm-hmm. to your hotel. So in theory, if I was staying at that hotel that night before, I'd, I'd be on my 85th glass of champagne by <laughs> three o'clock. But I did only have one glass of champagne at about 11 in the morning. And that was it. I was completely sober for the rest of the time because I then had to drive the Type R home. Well, we all um, did some top blagging, I think. Because oh, you, were, you were at Bentley. Yeah. I had the, the Aussies over um, from uh, the guy that owns the team that I race for. Oh, brilliant. So they yeah. were over for the, for the, for the festival. Um, and they'd kindly organised VIP and McLaren, nice. which was which was great. Very nice. Um, and they had Verve on tap. Oh, excellent. Not not literally on tap. <laughs> um, so yeah, I stopped a few of those going flat on Friday, which was good fun. Uh, and actually, which was a bit of an awry one. So um, again, uh, Rick, who owns Prague and Z, uh, has a couple of singers on order. Uh, so we went via Singer to go and check nice. out, obviously, what they had on stand. Not one of these new crazy, not, crazy. Not the new, 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 what's it called, DLST. Yes. Not right. that. Um, 
But yeah, so we went to go and see the car, had a chat with them, and they went, uh, what are you doing now? I was like, well, we were going to go get some lunch. Would you like to come to our uh, hospitality, which was like pretty much next door to the Bentley thing? <laughs> Very nice. And uh, it was the coolest thing, because you know how normally it's like super corporate looking and everything's, you know, yeah. it looks sort of perfect. They had dressed their VIP box as an old English pub. Oh, cool. And ah. it was so cool. Like literally when it was like walking into a pub in Soho or something like that, nice. you know, and uh, it, they had like rugs down and artwork on the wall and a bar and it was well. very cool. Very so they nice. they did the hospitality very, very well, I have to say. Uh, but aside from that, um, just basically drooled over their cars for a good sort of <laughs> couple of hours, really. Yeah. It's nice. It was a it was a great blend for me personally, a great blend of being able to enjoy it from that aspect, but also as kind of um, nerdy as this sounds, I felt so utterly like I was so excited to ride up the hill and quite apprehensive because of the the rain thing. But I think at that point of crossing the line and knowing I, I've not binned it, I've not fallen off, but also I've been part of this amazing show. Mm-hmm. It felt so so good mm-hmm. and it was amazing you know because of course everyone as you go up the hill everyone then sits at that assembly area and then you go back down and of course if you're on the bikes you go all the way back down the hill you go past every single grandstand every single marshall post every single camera you go all the way back down because that's where your assembly point is and i just had this brilliant moment as i'm rolling down the hill where i realized i've been part of today's <laughs> show like this has been utterly amazing did so, you wave for everyone as you went of down? course i did Good. i was waving as if i was the valentino rossi <laughs> best thing ever everyone's waving at me i'm waving back like yeah and the thing is because the bike is slightly wild you know i went up with a batch of bikes probably the same batch as, as you did yeah, on the you friday did, yeah. and there were some like modern looking super bikes there were some moto gp style bikes and then there's me on this meccano death bike and like everyone's like that's sick. So, uh, yeah, it was so, so, so good. I was absolutely delighted to do that. That's one and to tick off the, uh, the, the list. It is, yeah. yeah. And you know, you know when you, you have these moments in life where you kind of have that in-the-moment conscious realisation that the thing you're doing right now is going to be a core memory forever. I will never forget that. Yeah. I will never, ever, ever forget a second of going up that hill. And it's quite nice when you have those moments and you, you suddenly realise that and go, oh, this is this is one of those moments yeah. that I'll talk about for a while. You must have had loads of those moments, though. Quite, quite, yeah, yeah. But it, as you say, it's not until actually sometime after you go, huh? Or, or like, I do this now still. I'll like flick through old posts and Instagram and all that yeah. kind of thing of of my own and go, yeah, we did that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and at the time, you just you're in it and mm-hmm. uh, and everything's just happening and it's all a bit just all a load of exciting noise, isn't it? Mm. And then you know, a few months later, you go, huh? I didn't think I'd be doing yeah. something like that, but here we are. You know, yeah. it's awesome. It's good. It's a good life lesson, I think, to try and remind. I know that we don't all get to ride motorcycles up hills in front of millions of people, but we do. We often, every single one of us, and everyone listening to this, gets to do quite cool things every so often, and gets you know a lucky break or a fun opportunity. And well, it might e- just be catching up with I, an old friend. I was about or, to say, even if you, you know if you listen to this podcast, you're probably going to be driving or, or riding something that you quite like, and you know yeah, you yeah. might be just driving over if the summer gets any. Actually, I've been loving this summer, so I won't say better. If it gets sunny, um, <laughs> you know you're driving your car and you think, you know what. You've got my favorite music on. I'm going off to the pub, and you have a lovely time. Just yeah. one of those where you think to yourself, "I can just sit in this moment and remind myself that I actually really enjoy this yeah. bit of my life." Totally right. Yeah. So yeah, totally right. I, I, I think Goodwood does that for many people. Mm. What I love, what what always makes me laugh about about Festival of Speed, more so Festival of Speed, 
is that, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that I work with over, over the years and stuff that do, you know, we generally do all the same events, all that kind of thing. That's supposed to be they're like, oh, you know, oh, here we are again. Oh, it's chaos driving in and out and it's really mm. stressful and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but you secretly love it, don't you? <laughs> of course you do. You know, everyone yeah. tries to make it like, oh, here we are again kind of thing. Yeah. But actually, it is, I can't actually explain what that feeling's like sat on the line when you're ready to go. And like, you know, you've got a lot of people watching as well. Mm-hmm. You're part of this enormous show. And now, again, having seen it as a spectator, it's huge for people. Yeah. People travel literally from all around the world to come and watch this yeah. thing. Mm. And we're so lucky that it's in it's in our home country. You Absolutely know. right. Yeah. I suppose at Festival Speed, there's a lot... I, I'm saying this having no experience, but I'd imagine there's less stress because it's not like you're really freaking out about racing, making sure the car... As long as the car can get up or the bike can get up the mm. hill, it's not like when you've got the actual circuit and you're like, no, this needs to, we need For to be sure. doing well here and there's there's a good chance of yeah. some bish bash here. So yeah. let's try and... Unless make- you're one of the 10 hoping to maybe get in the like break the record and and now unless you're driving a McMurtry with a with a fan to suck you to the ground you're not going to no well I, I don't know what's going to touch that think, for a few years no exactly that but you're absolutely right Amy I think it's it's a show isn't it it's mm. a spectacle you get to see the most amazing array of racing cars the most amazing collection of bikes some of the best drivers in the world from all different eras from you know the guys going up the hill uh, one of the guys that I think the guy that drove the McLaren was it a Solus? I want to say Solus. That... That's in my notes. Ah, right. Well, he's 21, 22 years old. Kerchoffer, yeah. And I just think, that's amazing. Like, I've been going to the Festival of Speed before he was born. Yeah. And yet he's <laughs> and just is. set the he's just set the record. And there are, you know, the, one thing Goodwood are very good at, the commentary team, often between the runs, they'll like focus in on the crowd. The cameras will pan into the crowd and they'll talk about the younger generation that are there. And you see, you know, guys and girls there kids who are kind of like six seven eight years old and you can see them absolutely loving the day i can remember being the eight-year-old at goodwood did you I get can... on the tv i don't think i did sadly not no. pretty enough no <laughs> sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, mm, he definitely does podcasts <laughs> <laughs> he's destined for audio format uh yes um but you know it's, it's brilliant because i can remember being that kid i can remember standing there with the the rope that holds you back from the hay bales like under my chin I can remember it all it's bizarre and now to see that happening and to see the different ages and generations and then you've got the likes of you know Derek Bell and Richard Atwood who we interviewed here was driving a 917 up the hill and it's like so cool. you have this moment where you're like this there is nothing else in the world like this where you've got this amazing array of drivers amazing collection of people that come to see them spectators from all over the world tens of thousands watching at any given moment on the live stream on youtube yeah it's a really amazing spectacle it's it incredible really yeah it, it, i don't think there's anything else like it um but yeah back uh you mentioned the the mclaren yeah um so yeah marvin kirchhofer driving that who is like you say young lad fast mm. as hell uh that car just for just for a bit of context um it only has 840 horsepower no. uh, and 650 newton meters of torque. Ah. Uh, and a thousand, I'm just, I'm reading this off the website now, a thousand kilograms uh, of downforce, uh, at 150 miles an hour. I, I don't think he quite got to 150, but pro- it felt like close to, because that, was, quick, a, that was a hell of a time. Mm. Yeah. Um, but what a thing. And, you know, he just sort of got in, did it, and got out of the top and went, Oh, I've gone fastest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it wasn't a pure electric downforce no. fan car. It was an actual car with an actual engine. I'm guessing it's some. Is it? It's taken parts out of one of the super fast road cars, but I'm not sure that tuned. it has because I, I was. Uh, so 
actually, yesterday, I was at Silverstone with McLaren oh. um, to, uh, for one of their pure events, uh, which essentially where they get loads of like customers and prospects along to, to drive the cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a bit of a surprise for all the guests at lunchtime, uh, they were like, uh, when you finished your lunch, just sort of be around the pit lane at about this sort of time. I was like, okay. Um, and then suddenly this howling V10 fired into life from a garage down the uh, down the far end, and it was the Solus. Right, hmm. That answers my question about have they used a car, an engine from one of the road cars? No, they no. <laughs> um, and it is, it, it was, you know, aggressive, offensively loud, which yeah. was brilliant. Uh, and Bruno Senna was driving it. No, oh, really cool. Yes, yeah. stop it. Yeah, that was really cool. So he did like three sort of laps, uh, and, and when it came past, you couldn't hear a thing, mm. which was brilliant. Couldn't we couldn't be talking to each other? But equally, over the whole lap, which was the GP circuit, a yeah. long lap, you could hear it all the way around. Cool. I thought. That's what this That's is all about, really right? Cool. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Annoyingly, I was also at Silverstone yesterday. Had no idea that you were there yeah. or this McLaren <laughs> thing was happening because I just went to pick up the Ducati and then went straight home. I was meant to be at Silverstone, but then I had to change it. So I was meant to be picking up a Husqvarna 401 so, Spark Pillum. So we all could have been there at I the know. same time. But we weren't. But we weren't. <laughs> this happens with, with us a lot. We like passing ships in the night. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no, it's um. So you're, you, you did you you have picked up the Ducati? I have. I have. I'm currently riding around. So yes, I should probably we'll talk about the Civic Type R shortly as well. But yeah, Civic Type R went home today. It was collected by the press office. But yesterday I went and picked up a Ducati Desert X, which is a bike that I have wanted to ride since the concept came out. I think. I hope I get this right. I think it was 2019 at Eichma, the the uh, Italian. Uh, is it Italian or I can't remember? I have no One idea. of the big bike shows, they Ducati unveiled this concept and called it the Desert X, and it was this bike. And it was like, it's kind of like a tribute to our throwback of Dakar racing. It looks really cool. And like it looked like a stormtrooper. It was kind of like, oh my God, that's amazing. And then Ducati were like, but you know, it's just a concept. Probably aren't going to make it. Just enjoy it whilst it's here on the stand. And then it did the tour of all the big bike shows. I remember seeing it at the NEC. And I did what every single person that saw the bike did and went, you're going to make that, right? <laughs> you are going to make that because that looks like nothing else on the market. And they kind of shrugged and don't know, don't know. Anyway, a couple of years later, it's here. They've made it. The actual Ducati Desert X in pretty much the exact same styling as the concept bike. And when does that ever happen? Never. You see a concept car or a concept bike, you go, that looks cool. They go, yeah, we're going to make it. But obviously it'll have bumpers and it'll be sitting really high and the wheels are going to be two feet in from the arches. Um, the bike actually looks like it's concept oh version. it looks super cute i feel like it ha- if it had a couple of extra little lights it'd be like a little cute spider kind of face well you can <laughs> you can spec them with like more spotlights and things like that but yeah it's a really 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 cool thing i've currently only ridden it from silverstone to my house in strapped upon avon which is about an hour's <laughs> ride uh because i then had to immediately start filming with the honda civic type r mm-hmm. but the um first impressions are very good and i'm planning on spending the next 10 days on it as much as possible. Is it on Nobblies? It's on like this semi... I guess the answer is yes, but they're quite... They're not very aggressive, so it's not like um, riding over grates. Okay. Sometimes you get that kind of like real vibration. 
but it's not too bad. But yeah, it's on like semi novelty so it's kind of designed to be able to do a bit of everything. You can ride it on the road, you can take it on loose gravel stuff, you can probably take it in some quite muddy, rutty stuff, and it'll probably still be okay as well. I was going to, because just before we started recording, we were talking about a, an off-roading section near where we live. Oh, yes. And I was oh, yes. saying if you wanted to, I'm saying I'm not going to ride it, but if you oh, want to take it on. <laughs> that's a good idea. It just, but if you've, I don't know how, you, you told me it was quite technical. Well, I've not seen it. I've okay. not, I don't actually know. So, yes, so, so to fill the blank here, dear listener, and Miles, Amy and I live relatively close to each other in the lovely county of Warwickshire. And I'm sorry if you can hear the sound of a, a DB Schenker truck just reversing. reversing. <laughs> um, yeah, certain things the, the double glazing doesn't cure. <laughs> and one of those things is a sandwich van, and the other is a, uh, a HGV. A Vaco Euro Cargo. <laughs> reversing <laughs> for those truck fans out yeah. there got to keep everybody happy in the automotive world uh yes so um yeah we've discovered there's this green lane which is one of these like open ready to go it's actually on the maps um so why don't we do that yeah you can watch me fall off a motorcycle yes and you can drive your land rover up a green lane yeah sounds good take some photos Fish, wash, wash. Fish, wash, wash. Get Easy. a sandwich and a coffee. Go home. <laughs> Sounds like a good day out, doesn't it? It does sound right, doesn't it? Uh, what would you bring, Miles? What What can you bring to the, the off-roading? Yeah, what are if you anything? bringing green laning, Miles? Uh, oh, God. Um, I would have to bring... Uh, I'd have to borrow the driven trap. <laughs> yeah. uh, to truth be told. Because I don't have anything that would do it. We could do that. Yeah. Where are we going? Family outing. Um, as long as you don't mind a few dents on the roof by the end of it. <laughs> Why on the roof? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, as you say, um, uh, we do seem to cater to quite a broad, uh, broad range of. We've uh, never had any like truck people in. Like, I wouldn't mind getting a like a truck designer in or a. No, you're right. I don't know tr- uh, truck something. I don't think necessarily a lorry driver, We've... unless they're really like the furthest trip ever done in a lorry, one hit. What We've about floated uh, the idea? about Mercedes trucks because one of our listeners, one of our loyal listeners, is an exceptionally lovely guy and he'll be listening, so I'm going to try and embarrass him a little bit now, but he's an exceptionally lovely, lovely guy called Jamie Fretwell and he is Mercedes-Benz Trucks on social media and you will have bumped into him at at Cafe de Machine as well. He's a a regular, every single I Love You Man event he goes to and attends. He's just just a top, top bloke and he looks after all the PR activation and possibly some other stuff for mercedes-benz trucks mm-hmm. so maybe we need to lean jamie you'll be listening to this drop me a text and um who can we get from the trucking world <laughs> who'd be good on cater, a podcast yeah good on a podcast it's going to cater for a wide audience of people that may not have necessarily driven trucks who's the guy that did splits across the two volvo trucks oh um engelberg no not engelberg company john van damme john van damme that's <laughs> it him on he was be a, he must be a good what did you say engelberg humperdinck yeah I, I was not who I was thinking of. He was a German singer? I have no uh, idea who Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude, Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme. You must remember the advert. Volvo I remember Trucks, the advert. doing the splits. Yeah, I yeah. Re- who, who can forget the advert? I remember <laughs> the advert. I don't know who it was. <laughs> I don't know why I said it. Or why that's even in my head. Talking about, sorry, going off, back to festival speed, kind of in a, an, an off-road mm kind of thought process I drove again well I didn't drive I was in a Grenadier that was driving um, I know so oh, yes. yes so I did a um, I, I Grenadier ended up inviting me to the nice fancy ball in the evening and so then they were like do you want to come for a um, you know a test drive and I was like look I'm going to take some pictures while I'm doing this but let me bring my husband along because he is he's, he's, he keeps saying to me that he wants to get another like towing vehicle yeah. so we went and did this test drive in this Grenadier and it's actually really good fun because mm. like five minutes down the road from Goodwood are these 
like they say it's a quarry. I don't know what it is, but it's like a salt quarry, dune salt, maybe? I don't know. I saw, so I saw your photos yeah. on your social media feed and I thought I thought I knew the area fairly well around Goodwood. And I looked at that and went, where have you gone? Mm, it looked it's... like you'd gone to some battery mine in, <laughs> I don't know, mid-Africa somewhere. But you were actually in Literally five West minutes Sussex. down the road. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. um, it was really interesting. So um, from the... That people have said to us that, you know, would you ever get rid of the Defender to, to buy one? Will has definitely said that he wants to go and test drive one for, uh, with, with, with like towing our yeah. own trailer with yeah. a car in it. Um, because he absolutely loved it. He said, from a, from a technical point of view, it was probably the best off road car he'd ever driven. He was really, oh. really has impressed. Has he driven a new Defender? Uh, maybe not. But there was. The, like some mm. of the the, the suspensioniness, I'm, yeah. I'm talking some from a non. Yeah, some of the tech is yeah. really really those, impressive. Like inf- the inflating airbag, so it kind of levels you out, but also oh, uh, raises you if you get a bit muddy. I Must. have no idea actually, but I mean, if you look at the, some of the pictures on their Instagram, some of the different like mm. angles of what the front and rear wheels are, I was like, that's quite mad. It has quite these really cool, what are they called? It's like safari roof or something like that, where above your um your, your driver's seat and your passenger seat, um. You've got these little pop-up and you can pop out the windows above you, but they're like two individual little windows, which is quite ah, cool. Yeah. And then between the two windows, you've got this like you're, you're, this panel above your head, which is what you feel like you're in a, like an air, airplane cockpit kind of thing, because it's all these little flicky oh, the buttons. switch gear as well as above this, you, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. so all of when you want to go into like your, your, full, your, your off-roading situations and stuff, you press a button above your head and there's like quite a lot of buttons. It's, really, oh. it's quite fun and quite cool. You can put loads of additional bits on as well. Um, the only thing he didn't, he was unsure about, and he could understand why they put it on for, from an off-roading point of view, is the steering wheel, I've forgotten the technical word for it, the steering wheel isn't a self-centering steering wheel. So if you want to, you know, if you're coming out of, of a roundabout, you might mm. let it, uh, you, yeah. you know. It just rolls back, yeah. No, you have to, you have really? to, have you, all of that, yes. And I've, I've forgotten the reason for it is... Luckily, we have a former vehicle dynamics engineer. It's, yes. it's, with us. It's, it's, What's what, that about? It's one of two things. It either doesn't have... It's not running enough caster on the front axle, mm-hmm. which self-centers the wheels, or because it's most likely electric steering, yeah. that's something you calibrate into the system. Mm-hmm. So it's like ah, artificial. Right. So that, that would be a conscious decision to not not have that in. Yes, they did say it was a conscious decision. And they said something about the actual act of doing all your off-road driving. It's better to not have it. I wasn't I exactly guess if sure. you're... Oh. Let's imagine you're on the farm and you've yep. got a big trailer on the back and you're trying to negotiate yourself around a, a mound of grain and a sheep. You get, I guess, you have the ability to full lock it, hang out the window to make sure you're not hitting sheep or grain or building, yeah. without having to fight the steering wheel that's now trying to go back the other way. Well, that's it. It's probably, yeah, it's probably more that because I guess it's trying to whip it out your hands if it actually yeah. was. Yeah, if you if you got if you got clipped, if you're doing a really technical bit and then suddenly you're going in a bad rut and it's trying to Pull grab you yeah, one way, or, yeah. it might be from from that point of view it gives you more control. Mm. Um, but if you're trying to drive it on normal roads, we're not sure how that would be. So because sure. we only have a go, had a go at driving it on this kind of quarry thing. Yeah. Will was really impressed, but then he was like, "I definitely want to try it on um, on a road and but, see how yeah. we do." But, but at the same time, people have said, "Once you've driven it for half an hour, suddenly you, yeah, you know how like you, you get used to it, don't you?" Yeah, if you you know if you're driving a car where you've got a centre throttle, for example, you kind of it's weird mm. for the first half an hour, and then you're like, "Okay, that's just it," and you kind of get used to it. So I think it would be something you would just get used to, mm. um, but it's definitely something we want to try out. But overall, he was really really impressed. I was impressed, but yeah. then again, all I did was by that point it was like Sunday afternoon. I'd run out of social, so I just sat in the back took mm. pictures and didn't say anything. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'd second that. I, I, I drove. I drove it um, at a tank testing facility. Oh, oh did that's you? Fun. Yeah, uh, somewhere on the south coast. Can't remember where. Um, Bovingdon. 
Yes, Bovingdon. <laughs> this is John Markar's fantastic <laughs> knowledge of the UK. Um, yeah, Bovingdon, as it, yeah. as it happens. And again, like was thoroughly impressed by it. And I drove a very early prototype, Great. Uh, which yeah. was quite rough and ready. But um, it was quite... When I say tank testing facility, it wasn't like exclusively just for us on the day. We literally were at T-junctions waiting for tanks to go flying past <laughs> with like what looked like an eight-year-old driving it because yeah. I'm assuming they were being trained to drive them in the military. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eight-year-olds have been trained to drive tanks in the military. Apparently so. Secret weapons. Yeah, yeah. I could tell you an amazing story about Bovingdon, an area I know fairly well, but I cannot tell it on this podcast. So ask me at the end. Okay. And if anyone else sees Such me in public and says, what was that story at Bovingdon? I'll tell you. But yeah, that's why it immediately came to me. You I... have quite a few of these stories that you mm. can't tell on the podcast. Oh, God, yeah. If anyone... Nobody would ever insure me. Everybody, if anybody else did see John Mark and wanted to ask him any more, just ask him to talk to you about the goat. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. (laughs) Hello, it's John Markar here from Driven and the Driven Chat podcast. Now, chances are, don't be confused, you are probably already hearing my voice as part of an existing episode that you are listening to. However, this is coming in as a separate section of the podcast in blend with our advertising space. And the reason that I wanted to bring it here at this time, this poignant time, is because we at Driven and the Driven Chat podcast are now opening up the opportunities for sponsors. Sponsors of Episode by Episode, or a collection of episodes, or a time span, or the YouTube channel, or bits and pieces on our website, you name it, we are now coming up with a little list of sponsorship opportunities that you may want to be involved in. If you are a business or responsible within an organisation, or a company, or a brand that feel that you may benefit from getting your brand put in front of many, many, many listeners all over the world, but mostly here in the United Kingdom, then why not get in touch? The podcast address to email is podcast at drivenchat.com. That's podcast at drivenchat.com. Alternatively, head on over to the website, drivenchat.com forward slash contact, and there you will see some alternative options of getting in contact with us if you want to provide some details about who you are, your company, what you might want to sponsor. It's all there. What I can tell you is that we have tens of thousands of weekly downloads and more than half a million people have now downloaded the Driven Chat podcast. That is a very keen core audience. If you would like to capitalise from that, why not get in touch? One thing I can promise you, it's not going to be as expensive as perhaps you might think. Find out more by dropping me an email, podcast at drivenchat.com, and I will personally reply to you. 
Now, back to the episode. The Driven Chat Podcast. That has happened, because that's not the first time we've mentioned the goat story. And people have said, what is the story of the goat? <laughs> uh, I have a, it just popped into my head. I have a funny anecdote about the podcast. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Whilst I was at Goodwood. <laughs> so it was Wait, which the, Goodwood? The uh, one that's just gone. Feed. The one that's just gone, gone. yeah. Uh, so uh, it happened. This doesn't happen to me ever. I'm sure it happens. Definitely happens to me a lot. But somebody came up and went, "Are oh, you Mars Lacey? I was like, yeah. <laughs> he said, oh, I follow you on Instagram. I was like, oh, cool. Uh, so that was quite cool. He was a lovely guy called Kieran, fantastic photographer. Uh, Kieran Follows or something like that. Anyway, he was he's great. Yeah. Aside from that, what happened later on on the Sunday, everyone was, everyone was packing up. And these two guys were walking around because I was with Grant, uh, with the Mark One Jag, mm-hmm. of course. Yep. Yeah, he'd lost his half shaft. Yes, yep. that, yeah, half shaft, mm-hmm. he snapped in half, didn't it? Yeah. Um, and uh, these two guys came along and they're like, ah, oh, chatting away to uh, um, uh, some of the guys at the front of the, in fact, ch- chatting to Kim, my girlfriend, at the front uh, of the garage. Oh, yeah, you know, we do a podcast and all this kind of stuff. And oh. I was like, and, and, and Kim went, oh, yeah, Mars, Mars, does, a, Mars does a podcast, um, uh, Driven Chat, if you've heard of it. And they went, yeah, uh, yeah, we listen to that quite often. He went, and she went and pointed at me. Went, it's him over there, <laughs> and they t- and they lit- legitimately turned around and went, "Oh, is that? It's not how I imagined him to look. <laughs> so I, I thought he'd be like quite a large gentleman." I was like, and she was like, "No, it's just little old him over there." <laughs> I don't know how to take that. A a, a well-fed man. Well, no, like, but like, you know, big, well-built kind of thing. And, you know, I was like, what? How did you get that? from from, anywhere near as intimidating as I am. No, no. Basically, look, it's it's, that small man over there. That's that's who does it. brilliant. But they were a big fan of the podcast. Thank you to them. Thank you to them. them. Yes. No, I did have a couple of those at Goodwood, which is is the nicest thing in the world. And I know I've said this before, and at risk of sounding like a weird fanatic but when people take the time to come over and go hi don't know you and you don't know me but i listen to your podcast and i think it's really nice it is the it's the loveliest thing ever so a huge thank you to the people that did come over and say hi um i then also had these scary moments at events like goodwood when you speak to people who are quite senior in uh, oems car manufacturers like the head of pr the head of in some cases, CEOs and MDs who are like, oh, by the way, listen to that episode. Thanks for the mention. And he'd be like, oh, my God, my God, my God, my yeah. gosh. You listen? <laughs> oh, God, I'm so sorry. Um, but hey, I'm going to use that mindset to kind of go on from one tangent to another uh, whilst we're going to still loosely talk about Ineos. You've both driven one now. Mm. I I haven't, Ineos. So, um, <laughs> subtle. Do you want me to put you Hi in touch? There. Would you? Can, Would that I be okay? That. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'd love to drive one. I know that loads of my industry friends and colleagues have driven them, and, and it's been great seeing lots of positive feedback. But I'm yet to actually, I haven't even sat in one. So, uh, if there's a chance that I could have one for a few days, we'll do some filming with it. We'll take it off roading. I think you'd enjoy it. We'll do a back to back test it. with a in house defender. <laughs> <laughs> the only in-house thing we have the only in-house thing we have <laughs> um yeah i'd really like to have a go i'd be genuinely uh, another cool story another cool story that involves ineos great uh so obviously it's is it jim ratcliffe isn't it that yeah. owns ineos yeah uh and many other companies is it bell staff bell staff yeah. jackets and i was getting confused between bell staff and barber but it is bell staff. definitely yeah. bell staff yeah um, and which they had a I bell staff was... spec car oh, which was nice. quite cool. cool so that's right in fact that's right up your street, Mr. Markar. Yeah. Um, but I what am happened was, to a bell staff. We, me too. Me too. Um, we were we were doing this we were doing this event for for Ineos. Essentially, uh, it was for 
all of his various CEOs and senior staff around the world of all the hundreds of companies that he's got Mm -hmm. to come in and have a go driving the car um, before it was released. And uh, they, you know, we're sort of like looking around going, yeah, okay, you know, he seems quite important. He seems quite important. Oh, yes, she seems quite important. And then this most spectacular looking helicopter just arrived from over the trees, which looked like a Rolls Royce with propellers essentially <laughs> i was like wow um this most luxurious look anyway it comes in lands and door opens and it's jim ratcliffe and he basically flew in spoke about the car for five minutes dro- drove it and went yeah that's cool flew out again oh. i thought that's so rock and roll <laughs> that is very rock and roll talking about rock and roll the uh the, the band that played on saturday night was easy top oh i don't yes. think they knew very many songs because they played the last song about three times like because right. everyone was just cheering they must still be quite old now. They are very old. Maybe they forgot that they played it. Because <laughs> in, in my head, like ZZ Top are one of these bands that were around when my dad was probably a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm being a bit. They've got a lot mean. of a hairy a hair on their face, so I don't yeah. and a, and big hats, so I don't think anybody really recognised them. Well, they actually they were very recognisable, but they could yeah. have been anybody. <laughs> I see. I could hear them from the campsite. Could you? Yeah, because I, I camped. Well, uh, I say camped. I didn't camp. I was in an RV. Um, <laughs> of course, I didn't camp. Pretend camping. Yeah, uh, and I yeah, they, I could hear it going on for and that what seemed to be like the longest firework display ever. It did go on, but I think it's because um, maybe they had more fireworks ordered for the day. Because... <laughs> I've had this theory on Sunday <laughs> with, with the pyrotechnics. So I was like, they're using yesterday's pyrotechnics at the same time, <laughs> yes. aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Well, but also because. The, I think part of the every every festival speed there's always a, like a, a show it's like it, on the, the Saturday night. I think the idea was that all these motorbikes were meant to be going like you know riding up a, a big um, ramp and then doing some flips in the air and landing all of that. But because of the wind, it all got changed. So they just kind of like rode onto the stage, across the stage, back down to the side. Oh. <laughs> so I think they were like, quick distraction in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> the Confuse of... them with bright lights and explosions. <laughs> <laughs> the art of diversion. <laughs> but it, it was that funny because you you kind of these things and then you're like oh there's there's that really famous person that really famous person you're like oh, i feel swanky and then you get into like your skoda octavia that's come to pick you up and you leave again <laughs> but there we are um, yeah very good cool there was a lot going on yeah festival speed uh, uh my pick uh, can i just say yes, uh, all please. the cars that were there let me see if it's the same as mine 550 gt1 car oh yes um very good I, I, I don't know if it's part of the gerardo uh cohort but oh my god, it just looks sounds insane, oh, doesn't it? Look, you know, it's like if you were to draw a race car, it looks like that. It sounds glorious. It's yeah. in the most fantastic condition. This particular car. Um, so that's mine, Ferrari 550 GT1. It, um, yes, please. Yeah, I so I got very lucky. I saw that at the Festival of Speed, but there was another event I attended at the beginning of that week, which was somehow we're going to gloss over because Festival of Speed is just so bonkers. But I was also at the Supercar driver secret meet. Oh yeah, at Donington, and that car was also there. Awesome. So seeing that scream around Donington, uh, yeah, my favorite. It's my favorite road Ferrari of the nineteen nineties, the five fifty Marinello. So the LM racing car version, Chef's Kiss, fantastic. Yeah. However, um, my highlight for the weekend: a car going up the hill, a car that I've, I have seen it before in person, but to see it and hear it, especially, lots of people know where I'm going with this already. The Mazda 787B went up the hill at the Goodwood Festival of Speed and it sounded phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> it is my favourite sounding car ever in the world, without question. 
and it was there and it went up the hill and it was just sensational. It's so distinctive as well, isn't oh, it? You just know what it is. It's incredible. It's very cool. Did you have a favourite? No, because I didn't watch anything go up the hill, really. It's And again, as so people will be at home going, what? That's yeah. ridiculous. But again, when you're at that event, especially if you're doing some sort of official thing or being a photographer or running around making podcasts or going up the hill yourself. Drinking champagne. Or yeah, drinking drink champagne. champagne. You don't actually get to watch any any cars going up the hill. No, the only cars I watched go up the hill were the ones I had to photograph. And then the rest of the time yeah. I was off photographing people and people. other things. Yeah. and yeah. Which incidentally, I didn't see you once at the show at all. <laughs> no, I didn't no, see I you. Didn't see you <laughs> no, I didn't see you either. I, I bumped I into you in the driver's lounge. Yes. Oh. Yes, you did. I, I was with... into you. It's weird, isn't it? Because there are like 200,000 people there at, at, at the weekend. And you can, ha- you can know 500 people that are there and you won't see any of them, but them you'll once. see the same random person <laughs> 50 times. Yeah. How does that always work? It was funny that because obviously on, on Saturday, weirdly like Chichester area was full of Goodwood people. Mm. So suddenly you're kind of like walking around like, oh, that's that's so-and-so getting a croissant or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, same thing. So this one guy is a racing driver, so I won't, it, you know, you wouldn't know him. But it, it, like this, it was hilarious because like we just saw him like standing in the window of a shop, like on the phone, like staring out at us. And then we like waved him. <laughs> we were honestly, almost saying eight times <laughs> But Brilliant. it was funny because it was always I was always with Will and I was it was like hey there's there's that guy again <laughs> anyway it was, it was almost like he was following us maybe he was maybe, maybe he was, was. Yeah. He really wanted a photograph <laughs> in a shop window maybe yeah. he was, maybe he was setting himself up for some kind of moody kind of you know um, what's a, a candid photo from <laughs> that he was from, like yeah. I photographed him once maybe he was just trying to angle that again to happen was, I wonder if I could make it into onto <laughs> Amy Shaw's Instagram can just reminder how dashing <laughs> but I what's funny one of the points like, I've known this bloke for quite a few years but again you, you kind of see each other you bump into each other you don't see each other again so then he came over to um to to, to borrow a bin doesn't matter anyway he was he but then he came over and he was like oh wait you're amy and as if he'd never met me before and then i was like oh hi we've met like four times but anyway brilliant so yeah that's so funny remember i helped you move house yeah <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah i forgot who my next door neighbor once was i went to an event and it's a photography event and uh he came up to me and chatted to me afterwards and he could tell that I suddenly had no idea who this man was. And he had to say to me, Amy, I'm your next door neighbour. And I just totally blanked. And so, yeah, if anybody just come up to me (laughs) and I'm saying this now and you you say, oh, hi, you know, we've actually met before. Like I, another embarrassing one. That that was high on embarrassment when I forgot who my next door neighbour was. Um, Another one was we had a customer who... (laughs) Customer. Customer. Customer at the workshop. I got out of the car and uh, I was like, oh, hi. I'm Amy. And he's like, hi, I'm Richard. We've met many times before. <laughs> and I was like, oh, dear. Oh, at least with that one, though, you can so, go, sorry, I'm just on autopilot brain thing. I, I still thought to myself, I don't, I do not remember who you are. Honestly, memory like a sieve. Incredible. So I'm really sorry if anybody comes to say hello to me and I have no idea who you are. For, it's for me, not you. I, I, like you say, it's nothing. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm amazing at remembering faces. Like oh, I, yes. I, I yep. definitely know that I've met that person before mm-hmm. and yep. I'll even remember the conversation we've had, apart from the most important thing, which is yeah. their name. Yeah, yeah. I, I did exactly that, uh, and I don't know if you're a listener of this podcast, but you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If I say I sat down in the driver's lounge on the Friday afternoon when it was just teeming with rain, and I sought solstice under a tent canopy thing whilst having some afternoon tea, and I shared the table <laughs> with somebody I know is a filmmaker, and we have bumped into each other, I reckon... 
40 times okay. at various events and I have no idea what your name is. Oh, now it's too late to ask as and well. it's way too late to ask. <laughs> and it was that thing where I'm like, yeah, I know it's definitely you. And I didn't even, it did the kind of like polite smile. Yeah. We were sat on the same table as close as we are from each other and did like the polite smile. And the whole time I'm thinking, you either think I'm a massive dick <laughs> because I just ignore you every single time I see you socially um, or you actually have early onset dementia it may be the latter but um i do this all the time and i see people i'm like i know i've had conversations with you i know what you do i know what your industry is i have no idea what your name is and it's now way too late for me to go sorry what what was your name this is when you've got to bring somebody along with you yes and then introduce the tactical intro yes Uh, Uh, maybe like prep your your, your own guests beforehand right. and say, yeah. hey, can you please try and get their name? Because I have no idea what yeah. it is and yeah. I should definitely know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. Most embarrassing. Yeah. You've got, you've got to go. Yeah. You as the wingman slash woman slash person have got to go in and go, hi, John. I, sorry, I didn't get your name. Before there's the awkward bit where the other person goes. And when, this when they look to you and is <laughs> the lovely man that is. <laughs> Drum roll, you can do it. Takes photographs. <laughs> Show me your name. <laughs> <laughs> it happens a lot. It, happens it, a does. Lot. it does. If I could briefly swing the conversation please. back towards cars, just for a Sorry, moment. Sorry, yeah. please do. No, please do. Simply because this is not a new car. It's been around a while, mm-hmm. but it's it still blows my absolute socks off. The reason I bring it up is because I was in one yesterday. Oh. McLaren 720s. Yes. Oh god. Very cool car. So yes. how yes. That's, how long has it been around now? Ages. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Long three enough. Three or four years? Yeah. Uh, so it's not necessarily new tech and, you know, people know it inside and out. Mm. Um, it had been a good year, I reckon, since I'd actually spent any time in one. Uh, and I drove one at Silverstone yesterday. What on earth it's were they thinking? Ship, isn't it? it is so... Rid- it's like offensively fast. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, re- you know, it's rear wheel drive. It's quite rudimentary tech, I suppose, it f- versus what powertrains mm-hmm. are now. But... Bloody hell. Uh, we had, in fact, I was sat in the passenger seat of one at one point uh, with with um, with a guest driving. And it didn't matter whether they got... So, you know, the Silverstone, the Maggots Beckett's complex, mm-hmm. and then it goes onto the Hangar Strait, which is a very, very long straight. Yeah, it is. It didn't matter if they took the most terrible line all the way through there, if they did it in fifth gear and ended up in seventh by the time <laughs> they were ready to exit. So all the wrong gears, wrong line, terrible exit somehow by the end of the hangar straight was still doing 170 miles an hour <laughs> yeah. and i'm looking at the speedo going uh, <laughs> yeah. hit the brake pedal now please break 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 <laughs> they, they are unbelievable things yeah. and it you know like you say it's 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 like an, a relatively oldish road car now yep. um that you can buy for sub hundred and fifty thousand pounds yeah which is still a lot of money. Still yes. a lot of money. But, but when you look at performance versus the pounds. Absolutely yeah. right. Unbelievable thing. I, go on. Well, go I was going to say, I, I drove one of those at Donington with DTO. Mm. Um, performance. Performance Motorsport DTO. Oh, God, that's terrible. Oh, DTO. yes. That sort of private DTO yes. outfit. Amazing, amazing, amazing organisation. Uh, I've written an entire article about them on our website. Um, but yes, DTO. I, I want to say it's Motorsport. DTO Motorsport. Must be. Anyway. I think so, yeah. Uh, they had one as one of their cars. And the great thing about DTO is they basically put you, put an instructor in the car with you. But once they grasp that you're not a complete and utter monkey, they're like, go for it. Like, <laughs> honestly, go for it. To the point they're going, 
on turning, it feels a little bit like the back end's kind of rolling out, but that's just normal. So just keep it planted and it's fine. And you're like, <laughs> okay. right, okay, you're putting a lot of uh, confidence in me. But yeah, I remember thinking exactly the same thing. And it's that if you've ever been lucky enough to be a passenger in an exceptionally fast car and at the point of the driver accelerating, you can almost, you can feel the foam of the seat conforming to the shape of your back as you're being pushed backwards from the force, the G-force. That happens when you're driving the car, yeah. which is not normal because usually your your brain and it kind of prepares your muscle structure for that acceleration. So therefore, you don't really notice that that pull as much as your passengers do. But in that thing, you're, it's so fast that you're almost like the passenger being pushed back in your seat going, oh my God. Yeah. So a question to both of you then, and mm. this is something I've always struggle to understand yes. these cars are fantastic yes. when you're on track yes when you're just driving them to tesco and back are they still fun like for example when i drive classic car if i'm going to my local shop i know i can drive that classic car what mm. i say quick at its quite a lot of its capacity yeah and i'm not going very quick and it's fun and that's yeah. why i love classic cars when you've got a sports car hyper car whatever do you still feel feel that like you can get that enjoyment if you have it as a road car? Would you like to go first? I, I can go first because I, I actually I have a very clear sort of standpoint on this. No, <laughs> um, I don't feel like you can scratch the surface of those cars at all because they're just so capable. And you, you know, it literally could be like I say, any gear, a little look at the throttle, and you're suddenly doing seventy miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So yes, to enjoy. Uh, to sort of potter around in and you know yes it feels quite it's quite an occasion isn't it to drive one but to enjoy what it can really offer i don't think so so do you think people should not bother getting a supercar unless they're definitely going to be driving on a track depends what you buy them for though doesn't it people Mm. buy them for very different reasons people there's a reason why people buy a lamborghini Mm. uh because you know it's like it's it's a sense of occasion when you drive it. Mm-hmm. Even that here's a little tidbit for you: Lamborghinis when they start up, you know they run. You know you hear the starter mo- motor yeah. go. They run the starter motor for longer than it actually needs to <laughs> because it's cool. Because it sounds cool, so then it goes bah, bah, burst yeah. into life because it sounds like a race car cycle. Yeah. So that's like somebody would buy a Lamborghini for the way it looks. It's quite ostentatious looking, and mm. it sounds amazing, and all the rest of it. Actually, not particularly good car to drive on track. Whereas something like the McLaren somehow does both because the 720S in particular is actually a great road car, mm-hmm. but it's still a bullet out of a gun. It's it, You can only really just scratch the surface of what it can do on the road. Mm. So I'm, I'm totally in your camp to answer your question. I love older cars because for that very reason, I feel like I can deploy more of it on the road without mm-hmm. getting into major trouble. Mm-hmm. I hear that, and I agree with that. I think uh, you're absolutely right. The, the common comparison that I often use with the kids, because it is a question that I get asked a lot by my family who aren't necessarily car people, and they'll say, yeah, but what's, why would you need that? Why would you need a car that can do 235 miles an hour? Uh, I don't own a car that can do <laughs> just to point that out. But, you know, we have these conversations about what have you been driving this week. And the common analogy that I will use is watches, Again, a lot of people go out and spend an awful lot of money on watches because they can. And it's often uh, not just, you know, they're not just buying it because they can, uh, but often it's an investment piece. But also there is something about the engineering that's gone into a watch. And that's why I use watches in a similar comparison to cars. But every time I look at my watch, I'm using it at its full capacity. 
You are, <laughs> you are. But if that were a deep sea dweller Rolex that has the ability to go underwater at 500 meters because you could be a True. deep sea diver, yep. which any of us, providing you're on the right list, could go into a Rolex dealership and purchase, you then have the ability to go diving at 500 meters. You might go one meter when you go to the beach, and that's it. That's all it will ever <laughs> see of the sea. However, it's that knowledge, that, that thing, that timepiece that's been engineered, assembled by hand, that's now on your wrist, has the capability of doing it. And I guess to kind of bring it to a more um, relevant comparison, it would be like if I had, let's say I earned £750,000 a week, which I've, I heard on the radio this morning is what some footballer oh, from Leeds is now John, being paid. John wouldn't take that pay cut for anyone. No. <laughs> <laughs> but let's say I get paid £750,000 a week. That's £32 million a year. I've already worked it out, by the way. That's somebody's actual salary that kicks a football for a living. Ridiculous. But if I earn that money every week and I decided I want to take up the hobby of photography, I could go and buy myself the biggest and best Hasselblad with the most incredible Carl Zeiss engineered lens you could possibly buy. And I'm going to take the most mediocre photographs you've ever seen. <laughs> but I can afford to go and buy that because I earn £750,000 a week. And I think... In a lot of these cases, when it comes to supercars and hypercars, a lot of that is happening. And they are being purchased, sadly, in my opinion, sadly by people that will never yeah. even come close to finding I out how good they are. it's a bit of an insult to the engineering it is. team yeah. and everything. It, I just, it, it just, absolutely. In yeah. the same way, if I went out and bought you know, 25 grand's worth of Hasselblad, it would be an, a monumental waste of money. <laughs> but I could afford it because I earn £750,000 a week. Yeah. It's a great analogy, actually. Yeah. And, and you know, it's you're right. It, it, driving them on the road, because I'm very lucky, I get to drive a lot of very expensive supercars and hypercars, and occasionally I do get to take them home. And it's really stressful. Driving them on the road is really, really stressful. Yep. I don't enjoy it because I'm constantly thinking about what's everyone else doing. Uh, if I want to give the throttle a bit of a squirt, am I then suddenly going to be going straight to court? Because <laughs> if, they, if a speed camera van or something's going to be hiding over the brow of a hill, I'm done. It's yeah, it, it's a really, it's a really, really interesting debate. But they are they're things that people buy because they can, and the very lucky few will get the opportunity to actually see what they're like and see what they're capable of. But you're right, there's an awful lot of engineering that's gone into making them. Um, to tuning them, to making them better, to refining them. And a lot of that just won't ever even get noticed. So if you are listening to this and you have got a supercar of sorts and you haven't taken it on track yet, that needs to be Please fixed. do. Go and do it. Please yep. do. Go and see what this car can do. And if you don't want to drive it, give it to somebody else that can so that you can sit in the passenger seat and go, oh, this is quite good actually, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, we're always yeah. up for that. Yeah. Uh, on that subject, a couple of weeks ago, I was doing a thing for BMW Oh, uh, yes. with the M3 Touring, which I've been aching to drive basically since we ever heard it was going to be a thing. Yep. Um, going to throw it out there. Might get shot in the street for this. <laughs> Not sure. Ooh. Oh, why? Brilliant car. Absolutely brilliant car in terms of what it can deliver. Mm -hmm. I think it looks great. Um, but on that topic that we've discussed before in terms of current M cars, mm. if I had a blindfold on, I reckon I could be convinced it was maybe like a 340i yeah. or something like You're that. You're absolutely right. Which Don't I hate to say. I hate to say. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> your advice there for maybe eight. <laughs> yeah. Don't actually um, drive Yeah, we'll just like precursor that by saying, don't do that. Yeah. Um, like I say, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, 
it, it delivers on everything that they promised and a bit more, I suppose. Mm. Um, but it just didn't feel super, super, super special. Mm. You know, what I, what I have got from driving, you know, E46 M3, uh, the ge- generation of M5 that I have, the E39, and other M cars, obviously mm-hmm. E30 that we you spoke about on the podcast the other yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, Simon. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was just left coming away from it going, ah. Oh. So you have experienced the exact same emotion that I experienced in 2021 when I was given the M4 competition, which is ultimately the same car, yeah. just with a different back end. I did exactly the same thing. Having driven every iteration of BMW M car up to that point, and then I'm in a car that's basically got the same engine out of a sporty X5, a ZF8 gearbox that you can get in a 320D, and some posher seats and buttons and things, and that's it. And I had exactly the same emotion. Um, and I do think it is a real shame when comparing it to those glory years of BMW M cars. Um, but I've kind of now with time, I've come to come around to it. And in fact, it was the M5 that bridged the gap for me, which was kind of like, you don't want it to be full on racy, racy. So the ZF8 gearbox, therefore, is a bit forgivable. The more compliant ride is a bit more forgivable. The power delivery is a bit more forgivable. And the fact that it shares an engine with a SUV is a bit more forgivable. But... I definitely do still think that the the specialness for us purists and us M fans has gone a little bit in favour of you could, and I did this as well, this comparison. I drove the M340i Touring about six months before I drove the M3 Touring. Yeah. It's not, I think it's a 40 grand difference in price. Yeah. There's just no way. I just, there's just no way. And that, that, and that's the thing. Like I, the, what the cars that, we had two pretty much identical cars. So essentially what we would do, it was quite a cool activity. So um, what BMW do is get there. Anyone that sells M cars or any dealership that sells M cars has to be M certified. Mm. So they have this event every year called M cert. Um, and it's essentially for all the dealer staff to come through, do this training. So they are well versed with the current M car lineup and the whole ethos around the brand and all that kind of thing. And obviously drive the cars because they can drive it in. So last year we did it at Silverstone, which I, you know, telling you about larging around in the M5s, which was great fun. Um, but this year we did it at Dunsfold, uh, which is obviously the top gear test track. Yeah. Uh, or what was the top gear test, test track. I was there Tuesday last week. Yeah. But, uh, and you will have seen uh, that they're digging it up, sadly. Mm, so that's are. not going to be there for much longer. Um but and the activity was uh, we split the runway into two and set up uh, a, also like an auto test thing. So they had M3 Saloon versus M3 Touring, and the idea of the task was to basically show the differences or lack thereof between the two cars. So if somebody comes along and goes, "I want to buy a Touring," well, am I compromising anything like by having the Touring? The answer is no. You know, the cars are like performance-wise pretty much identical. Um, so it was awesome fun. But I, uh, same thing. I just thought, well. It's this is an, uh, at the base level. It's an eighty-five thousand pound car. Um, what am I? What am I really guessing over? Like you say, a three forty or an Alpina or something yep. like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just struggled with it a bit, so I came away from that like a bit, a bit deflated because I really, really wanted really really like, yeah. yeah, you want to be like, oh my god, it's the new one. It's going to be amazing. Which is exactly what I did with that M4. And the headline of my article, which is still online now, is oh no, the new M4 has made me a bit sad. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you ever feed back to the brands directly? Mm. Good. And say, hey, massive love. Yeah. This is where I think you're going wrong. And you know what? The sad thing is, a lot of them, if they if they are reasonable people, they will go. You're right. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. We completely get it. But this is what 
Market X once, and that is the biggest market in the world at the moment, or up until recent times, has always been China. This is what China wants, and therefore this is what China gets. And the rest of the world is getting it as a result because that's what they want. So they will always cater. Any, any OEM in the world, and anyone that tells you otherwise is lying, any OEM in the world will cater for their biggest market exclusively at the expense of others. They have to because that's yeah, what business. they're there to do. They're there to sell cars. So um, it's the reason that we're seeing more SUVs because the Chinese market only wants to drive SUVs. Same with the, uh, the US market, which, again, is another big purchaser of cars. Cars that are not American brands or US brands uh, tend to put a big focus on the SUV shape because they want bigger cars. That's just what they prefer. And now, as a result, us Brits and a lot of European countries are starting to do the same, going, oh, actually, SUVs are probably better, aren't they? Because they're a bit bigger and they, people feel safer when actually they're not. Um, but, it, yeah, it happens. Unfortunately, it's, it's driven by the market. Everything's driven by the market and by the people that are buying them. And sadly, for us that are left behind as the kind of purists that are like, oh, but it's zingy and cool and exciting, right? Right? It's still, it's still good. No, it's not. Uh, and, and as we said before, we, you know, we fall into the minority. So, mm. you know, like you say, um, we can sit here and sort of bang on about it, but actually it doesn't really matter. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter what we think. But I can tell you about a brand new car that is right now able to order, if you're happy to wait two years, that is incredible, that hasn't disappointed me in the slightest. In fact, I'm going to go as far as saying it's the best front-wheel drive car I've ever driven in my life. Oh, my oh wow, that's quite a statement. That is a statement. It was picked up this morning, sadly, to go back to the press office. But I've just given back the keys after seven days with the Honda Civic Type R. Ah. FL5. And? It's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Friggin' ludicrous five. I was trying to think what the FL yes, could... Yes, that could be good. Who knows? Yeah, no, Not... it's just a weird code thing. Like It was oh. EP3s and EK9s and something, something 12. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the pattern is to the, uh, the model numbers. But yeah, the FL5 Civic Type R is un- without any doubt unlike any other front-wheel drive car I've ever driven. And, is, and why? Because it turns into corners, and there will be people. There will be people at home now that are going to go <laughs> stupid. <laughs> it turns into corners like a nine eleven GT three. Come on, yeah. <laughs> it is so utterly ridiculous. It's got a tiny, tiny, tiny two liter four cylinder engine, and yet somehow has three hundred and twenty nine brake horsepower. And I, Mars face is just completely gone like smack. Yeah. It's got like I want to say four hundred newton meters. It's like it. it I've got. I'm going to get my. The Honda up. have always been really wonderful, and I think they're yes. totally underrated as a brand. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because my mum drives just like a Honda Civic or is it Honda Jazz? You know, we see these things, and I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to do that. And then you get into behind the wheel, and you, well, you get behind the wheel. I didn't get behind the wheel of my Honda. My mum's Honda Jazz, and think <laughs> this is amazing. Um, sorry, Honda, but um, yeah. Do you think it's the the forgotten brand almost of wonder? It's. The the brilliant thing about Honda and why I love them as a brand and specifically the Type R aspect of Honda is that Type R, since they started, so essentially Type R existed because they wanted the NSX, their supercar mm-hmm. or sports car of the early 90s, to be even better. So they made it lighter and stiffer and in every way more exciting. And that was the first Type R. Then they made the Integra Type R and then it was the Civic Type R. So they've always had this out-and-out ambition to just make amazing cars to drive on track and on the road, and that's never gone away. And it's what's interesting is so my Amy, my other half, who's not a car person at all, 
um, even she knows that a Type R is a good thing because she can recall friends of hers having old Civic Type Rs and stuff back in the day. And we were driving around our local roads, hooking it into corners, you know, going around 90 degree corners at like 40, 50 mile an hour. And Amy's like, this thing goes around corners well, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> She's not a car person at all. I'm like, yes, it's so good. Um, yeah, they, 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 this current iteration, I don't know. It, it, it's just the perfect combination. They've really stiffened up the chassis. They've got the, a really, really aggressive geometry setup on it. So it hooks in loads of toe in. It's probably going to come at the expense of scrubbing tyres, but who cares? You're going to be driving this thing on track anyway. Um, and yet somehow has some of the most comfortable seats I've ever sat in in a new car. You can go through all the different driver modes for stiffer suspension, softer suspension. You can customise the steering feel, all that sort of stuff. It is. I challenge anyone to drive a Civic Type R and not tell me that it's if not the best front-wheel drive car they've ever driven, one of the best front-wheel drive cars ever driven. And I have done a full review. It's currently in the edit suite right now. And in fact, by the time this episode goes out, it might already be live. But have a look on our YouTube channel regardless. Um, it will be there very soon. I didn't, sadly, get a chance to drive it on track, despite, painfully, Honda offering that facility. Uh, just way too busy with other things to do. Amy, did you like the way that John offered that to us as a, you know... You know, did you, did you just miss his call as yeah, well? Yeah, like, must have been. Is it in the post, John, is yeah. it? Sorry. <laughs> like the way Sorry. you passed that pigeon, on to it's, your it's fellow... It's by, by pigeon at the minute, somewhere. <laughs> to clarify, no, it wouldn't have been a, de- a separate date. It was like, here's the car, here's the week you've, we've got available. Do you want to take it on a track? Um, but yeah, no, sadly... We might have been free. I know. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> hey, Honda, can we, can, can we have it again? <laughs> can we get it back? Um, but yeah, so it was only road driving. But again, we're so lucky around where we are in leafy Warwickshire with basically every other road is a 60 mile hour speed limit mm-hmm. and quite smooth and on camber corners. And you can drive that thing at the limit. You're not saying, I'm not saying you have to be driving this at 70, 80, 90 miles an hour on these roads. You can drive it at the speed limits and still have the best time ever. So if you have ordered one, this is why I'm going to caveat this because I know there are loads of people. As I saw on my social media feed, I put it up on Instagram and had a few people on the comments and the messages going, yeah, that's all very well and good, but you can't get one for two years. It's going to be worth the wait. If you have got an order down, keep that order in. It is utterly, utterly, utterly incredible. What is the price tag? Oh, yes, right. <laughs> for all these people wanting to order I'm glad you've. I'm glad you asked that question, actually, because it's quite big. Uh, right, let me just grab my notes. It's uh, So I did this, I'm giving you a bit of a spoiler to my uh, YouTube video, but I did do a little comparison. So to go through some comparable hot hatchbacks, Cupra Leon is £28,700. A i30N Hyundai is £32,000. A John Cooper Works Mini is £22,000. A BMW M135i is £38,000. And if you want a Volkswagen Golf R, that will cost you £41,000. And eight hundred pounds, which is uh, that's quite expensive. Uh, the Honda Civic Type R, though, is um, forty nine thousand pounds. Sorry, um, <laughs> I thought I'd say that very, very quickly, just, close to the mic. Just to clarify, it, it's how much money? It's it it's um, it's forty nine thousand and ninety four nine zero zero zero. Yeah, it's it's a it's a thousand pounds off of fifty grand. Um, uh. Yeah. <laughs> However. As I mentioned in my review... Is there review, a silver lining in this story? I think there is. I think there is because, again, this is why we love Honda because what Honda do is very different to what other car manufacturers do. 
Oh, Other car manufacturers, they'll hit you with that low entry level price. I start to sound like I'm working for Honda now, don't I? <laughs> yes. You can go down the road to say it, and they'll give you the best on the road price you can ask for. But if you want to add on options, it's going to be a completely different game altogether. Because. That was really I good. Wa- I want to have that, John Mark. <laughs> when did Terry Tibbs come into the office? <laughs> I think I could be. I'd have to do it as, as a. I'd have to do the day entirely as a, a caricature of myself because I don't think I could do it seriously, but I think I could make quite a fun car salesman. However, um, if you want to go and buy your Cupra, your Hyundai, your John Cooper Works Mini, your M135 especially, um, and then add on certain options, it's going to get quite expensive. But as standard, this is what you get with your Civic Type R for £49,090 and no pence. So, Ready? Ready. High beam assist, that's your automatic headlights, front and rear parking sensors, multiple driving modes, matte black 19-inch alloys, LED headlights, adaptive cruise control, that's the one where it radars onto the car in front of you and slows you down, Uh, digital driver's display, that's two massive screens, Honda's sensing safety features so that if the car in front of you slows down or stops, the car will brake for you automatically, not an option, this is included as standard, Um, the alloy gear levers and uh, sports pedals, the triple type R exhaust system, a rear view camera, Honda Connect with Android Auto and Apple CarPlay, sports seats finished in red suede with the Type R logo, I'll remind you, the most comfortable seats I've sat in for a long, long time, and wireless charging, all of that is included completely as standard you don't actually need to add anything to this car if you were to get that entire list and go and get your golf r at forty-one thousand pounds and eight forty-one thousand eight hundred pounds i can guarantee you that price is going to be very close if not slightly more than 50 grand uh, <laughs> it's which great point you make a great bit of research there thank you Fantastic. actual journalism actual journalism <laughs> yeah um you, you're absolutely right uh but again, it comes down to people don't pay cash for cars anymore, do they? Well, it's a good thing you asked that question, Mars, <laughs> because I worked out that at Honda's rate of 8.9% APR over 48 months with a £10,000 deposit and 10,000 miles per year, you'll be paying <laughs> £606.98 pence per month with an optional one-off payment at the end of £24,000. But at that point, your car's not got down in value because it's in such high demand. Chances are you'll be able to give that car back and not have paid a penny. I think, John... You definitely need to start doing voiceover. Work. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't have the occasional speech impediment that slows me down, I maybe would. That's, uh, yeah, actually, that's that's quite interesting. So what did you say? Six hundred pounds a month. Six. I think it was six oh six. Let me have a look. Six hundred and six pounds and ninety eight pence per month. Yeah, forty eight months. Eight point nine percent. That's what Honda are offering. So don't quote me on that. It may change because inflation's broken. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's too bad. 600 quid a month. I don't think that car. I don't think that's actually too bad because which sounds ridiculous because you know not that long ago BMW were doing like 140i's for 350 pounds a month and all that kind of thing. Obviously those those days were gone. Um but as as it happens I've been looking uh at what I can get because I my daily as uh, uh I don't know if I mentioned it before is just a 330 diesel touring mm-hmm. which I love. Absolutely love that car and I do, you know, I pound up and down the country in it. But there's a small chance that I might move closer to London mm-hmm. or even into London. Uh, and I don't know what to get because obviously that's not you that's compliant. And every no. car that I've looked at is just, in an ideal world, I'd just, I'd, I'd just happily keep that really. Mm. Or I'd just buy the petrol equivalent of, of what I've got because I think it's like EU6 for London. 
But every car I look at is well, well north of £600 a month if you're going to buy them on a on yep. a finance deal. Mm-hmm. I've never done that before. I've always just bought, I just buy cars for cash. But mm-hmm. I think, oh, yeah, maybe I'll just get that, you know, not have the hassle of owning a second-hand car. And you think, oh, it's really convenient. But they're just so expensive now. Mm-hmm. So actually £600 a month for a 50 grand car, not too bad. Not too bad. I know we say this, but like, then you think to yourself, well, I could just buy pretty decent car for five grand yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's right yeah which i i end up same like you know same as you amy really and I, I end up somehow end up on that side of the fence i just go yeah. actually i'd rather buy this thing that i quite like for a lot less money yeah honda so, jazz honda jazz <laughs> get yourself a five-year-old honda jazz what more do you ever need in yeah car? i think if you didn't have to this is like mom talk now if you didn't have to worry about money absolutely or mm. you know you were very comfortable and you didn't talk to yourself you know i haven't got any responsibilities like kids or anything like that then mm-hmm. absolutely well into that but otherwise i think if you're just a bit more normal then i'm like in my head i'm like that's a mortgage oh it, it is. is you're absolutely right yeah it's all i guess it's all comparable isn't it you know if, if like, would you yeah. rather have a house or the car <laughs> I, I like the idea of the house um but you know it, again it's all it's relative isn't it because there are people out there as we discovered this week uh, that earn seven hundred fifty thousand pounds a week so for them 600 quid a month isn't isn't a lot and i know that that's a very extreme circumstance but there are a lot of people out there that earn quite a lot of money so totally. therefore it's um it's not too bad oh miles has just handed amy haynes a, a camera uh, this this is where you, your hand your skin starts to burn because it's a Sony. I know. I don't tell Nick on that. <laughs> Nick, are amazing. You have to bleep out the fact that it's the camera uh, that <laughs> has been passed to Amy Ooh. is a beep. It's a it's a it's a it's a fifty mil. It is nifty fifty. Nifty fifty. fifty. Um, yeah. So it, it, I think it's it's interesting in the sense of it's mad to think that we've we've kind of uh, contextualized 600 odd pounds a month to be like a good deal nowadays i know yeah do, do you know do you know what i mean i've just moved sorry amy's trying to take a picture miles is now ahead. trying to pose nicely miles for is a making photograph. An, aud- an audio thunderstorm <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry people for just moving the microphone um okay so uh, what we've determined is we need to drive, uh, Amy and I need to drive the Honda yes. and actually validate your strong opinion on yeah. it. Yeah, I'd be genuinely interested to see what you what you both think, actually. As a as somebody that enjoys driving cars very quickly and as somebody that enjoys not driving cars as quickly, I think, yeah, I'd be interested to see what you think. My only gripe with it, which again, I'm kind of forgiving, is the road noise is absolutely horrendous. I, I expected that. But it has to be because it was on Pilot Sport 4s and it's a super stiff chassis, so the road noise was pretty dire. But other than that, there was nothing I could moan about on that car. Really good. Very strong. Really, really good. So, yeah, have a look at the YouTube channel. Have a look at the review on that. You can see me getting all gushy and excited like a six-year-old child. No. Um, I guess we should probably start bringing this one into land, because we have been rattling now for one hour and 27 minutes. Oh, my goodness. You yeah, for anyone that? that's in like an, an hour and a half road trip, this is a good time. This is bad time. Almost, to, yeah. We're almost ending. Um, but it's worth saying that we have got quite a lot coming up in the very near future. Uh, there's some plenty of other new things to see on our YouTube channel, including I had the little uh, Bobber, Triumph Bonneville Bobber, for Ooh. a good few weeks. Uh, the video for that should be live already by the time you're listening to this. Um, coming up is going to be a video on the Ducati Desert X, which, of course, I'm now at this very moment, riding around on. Plus, of course, that Honda Civic video. Plus, there's going to be a video on the Lotus Emira, which I'll be picking up next week. And I think 
on the day that this episode goes out is the day that I go and get it. So you may see that on the Instagram stories today or tomorrow. And what else is there? There's something else. Oh, yeah. I've booked another. I've got two other press bookings in August, which I'm very excited about. One is the BMW S1000RR motorcycle. Uh-huh. Nice. But the day after I give back the Lotus Emira with the stonking great big Toyota Camry V6 engine. Oh, no, they don't like me saying that. With the V6 engine that's not from a Toyota Camry. <laughs> I am getting... You both sat down. You Waiting. Are. The Dacia Sandero. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. How what? can you contain mm-hmm. your excitement? Mm-hmm. How did you? John went to a swift, a, uh, quite, a, quite a swanky party of uh, Dacia. I did go to you the Dacia 10 year party. <laughs> and guess who was there? James I, May. Actual James May. <laughs> I knew the answer to that. I was about to go, oh, it was. Oh, and I thought, no, I'll let my guess. Was, it was hilarious. <laughs> I was, I was stood there with our good friend Alex Goy, friend of the show Alex Goy, and my old work colleague Matt Robinson off of Car Throttle, uh, who's now the um, editor of Car Throttle and soon to be a podcast guest with us. Um, and we were the three of us sat there talking and then I looked over as James May is being walked in by the uh, PR team and I went, of course, James May is <laughs> here. It's just brilliant. So yeah, we had a, had a very, very fun time with uh, Dacia. Uh, but yes, it has resulted in me asking for a Dacia Sandero because I want to find out in in uh, relation to the conversation we were having earlier, Amy, about why do we need to spend hundreds of thousands of pounds on cars? Will a £13,000 Dacia Sandero be all the car we ever need? See, voiceovers, right there. I, yeah, I'm being a motor... Not only today am I being a motoring journalist, I'm also being a voiceover person. (laughs) But I, yeah. I'm intrigued. So lots to see coming up. So make sure you are subscribed on our YouTube channel because we have lots of exciting things there and there are going to be lots and lots and lots of things to come. Uh, I know that I've missed some things out. There's going to be... I'm driving a hydrogen car soon as well. Never driven one of those. That's going to be exciting. If either of you are free on Friday next week, you're welcome to come along and have a go. Um, I'm not, sorry. Oh, (laughs) want to come drive a hydrogen car? I think I'm washing my hair. Um, uh, there's going to be loads of stuff so make sure you're following us on social media at Driven Chat make sure you are a regular visitor to our website which is getting more and more populated thank you Mike who's currently taking it upon himself to just populate the site with amazing news stories uh, written in his own style they are all brilliant so if you want to know what's going on in the car world and it's the great thing is it's the kind of stories that we want to feature it's not everything it's not like oh no Renault have recalled the 2001 Megane because something's wrong with the gear lever it's actual news stories that you want to read about so go and have a look at the website you'll see all the latest stories on the homepage, or just click on the news tab you'll see that stuff there you'll also see the written articles that we write about the cars we've been driving the events we've been attending and that sort of stuff in the words section and then you will also see the entire back catalogue of podcasts as well as the back catalogue of videos have I missed anything else I mean, I just switched off halfway oh, through there's that. So much. Brilliant. There's that so much. That goes well. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, if you're still with us, dear listener. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just switched off. Brilliant. The brutal honesty. Yeah. We've been friends for a long time. No, I think you did. De- yeah. yeah, you covered, yeah, you covered, it. You covered everything. It good. Well right, good. Well uh, go and look at the website and social feeds. Uh, if you want to follow myself, you can find me at John Marker. If you want to follow Amy Haynes, she is confusingly still Amy Shaw Photography yep. on the Instagram. And Miles is at Miles Lacey. 
Yeah, yeah, I am. Just my name. Just my name. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, go and follow us. Um, Find today's social post promoting this with a photo of all three of us in the same place at the same time. And uh, tell us what you thought of the episode. Write something nice in the comments on Instagram. Uh, I believe we're on threads and LinkedIn and TikTok. MySpace. But we now have a social media (laughs) manager called Henry who's doing all of that stuff for me because I hate it. Thank you, Henry. Thanks, Henry. Um, So, yes, give Henry some love on social media as well. And we're done. So now I get to record our introduction. Okay. And I'd like to leave this bit in as well. So as a little bonus for our dear listener who's stuck with us. Thank you, dear listener. So I've got my list here. Am I, shall I just try and do all of this? I was going to try and distribute it out. Or is that going to be too difficult? No, you just. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Unless you want to just point at things. Uh. The only one yeah, I, I don't think you. If I point at that, you're just going to read the words Jim Radcliffe. Jim Radcliffe. But in my head, it means something, and I now can't remember what it means. If if, if we need, if we feel like we can add some spice to it, we'll jump in. Yes, good yes. idea. Feel free to interrupt. Okay, and welcome to this week's Driven Chat podcast, where this week we are talking about films with confusing plots and hard to follow sound storylines. The Norton V4CR that Amy Haynes has ridden up the hill at the Goodwood Festival of Speed. Uh, me riding a motorcycle up the hill while sat on what is effectively a butter knife. Thank you, Royal Enfield, for that one. Um, enjoying the Festival of Speed as actual punters for the first time ever. Almost all of us. Amy, you didn't do that, no. did you? But uh, enjoying the Festival of Speed as punters. Thank you, Bentley Hospitality, for that one. The Ineos Grenadier and the fact that I haven't driven one. Jim Radcliffe and the fact that he makes really nice jackets. <laughs> really nice jackets. We- Size large. <laughs> <laughs> Medium, um, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Extra we, medium for me, please. <laughs> Extra medium. <laughs> we discuss what is the point in hypercars, which we didn't plan, but no. we talked about that brilliantly. Um, Miles and his disappointment in the BMW M3 touring. Sorry, BMW Press, if you're listening. They will be. And I get a bit gushy about the new Civic Type R and seemingly slip into, firstly, a character that I didn't know existed and then a voiceover artist. <laughs> And then I get a bit excited about the Ducati Desert X. However, I'm not going to talk about that in this week's episode because that's going to come later once I've actually driven it properly. I think that's everything. Yes, well done. Yes. You do a fantastic job of doing those intros, John. Fantastic. Right, welcome to this week's podcast. Here we go. I love how we didn't actually end the podcast. You went straight into the no, intro. No, you're right. So, so maybe is this we now... should end it. How well, we maybe this out? should be the ending. If you've got this far... So does that mean the listeners have now heard me do that intro twice? Yes. Right. Yeah, because they've heard that begi- at the beginning, which Tom, audio producer, editor Tom, has spliced that fantastically. It, ah, ooh, which I should point out. I don't know if you came and said hello, but Tom sent me a WhatsApp. Sorry, dear listener, you're just dealing with this now. So Tom, who lives down very close to where um, your other half lives yes. and Grant's other half lives, yes. texts me on Sunday evening, I think, going, <laughs> what the... Be any chance that Miles Lacey and Grant Williams are in my local supermarket? <laughs> and I replied and went, "Yes, probably quite a high likelihood because we ba- we Miles basically just skip. Like Grant and I, in between you know social engagements, we just hold hands and skip around town. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. Uh, Tom spotted you, uh, and I think he he didn't run over and say hi because I think probably. Well, it was really funny because I was walking to basically walking towards the co-op, and I was like, (laughs) hand in hand, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was just literally in like like shorts, t-shirt, just rolled out of bed, kind of thing. 
And I saw this guy look at me like really weirdly. I thought, <laughs> what's oh, going no. on? And then I got a message from, uh, I got a message on Instagram, but in my like request. Oh, yes. Or the other folder, yeah. And I was like, hmm. And it said, but with no context, really, you know, any chance that you're in the Denville's area on the South Coast. So I was like, brilliant. Uh, but I didn't recognise the name, and I thought this is weird. This is <laughs> this is how like this is how horror movies start. Uh, but it turns out yes, it was Tom. It was and, Tom uh, We 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 crossed paths. There you go. So in a strange way, we've all come very close, but yet been far away multiple times in the past seven days. Aww. Isn't that nice? Anyway, thank you for listening to this week's podcast. That's been an interesting one, hasn't it? Don't forget to tell us what you think on Driven Chat Instagram. We should probably get that photograph that you've now said to look at. Oh, yes, we'll take that photograph with the most unexciting backdrop in our office space. And we will bring you another episode next week, which I believe is going to be you and I, Amy, talking to Charlotte Vowden. Yes. Ah, that'd be nice. Speak to you then. Ciao. Bye. Bye. The Driven Chat Podcast. Powered by Paramex Digital. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat Podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven Podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.